Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the Comedy Arcade, part friendly panel show, part vicious competition, where contestants fight with their best anecdotes on mystery topics generated through a trusty bingo ball. I'm Vince Layton, host of the show, Spirit of the Bingo Balls, and Games Master. Points will be awarded for originality, amusement value, and my general caprice and mood on the day. The contestant with the most points at the end of the game wins, but their opponents will be granted a few cheat codes along the way just to keep it interesting. Welcome to the Comedy Arcade. Now, listeners who are regular might notice that the quality of this isn't as good as the others. Well done, you're right, because I'm doing this over Zoom and not in a very expensive studio, which is an economic win, but a quality fail. You have to forgive me because there's a pandemic on, basically. If you haven't listened to this before, where have you been? I'm not going to explain the rules to you. You can look at them in your own time. But we have a brilliant panel of three fabulous personalities playing today, starting with the all-knowing sports hero, former guilty feminist social media driver, Kelly Wells. Hello. Hello. Have I overhyped you? I haven't. Uh, I, I always feel a bit overhyped, so, but I'll take it. I mean, it's been a rough year. I'll take it all. <laughs> Enough. Are you well? I'm very well, thank you. I'm I'm doing great. It's quite a loaded question in these times, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just trying to keep everything fairly neutral because I'm having a fairly good year, but it just doesn't feel like the right atmosphere to be extolling what a great time I'm having. So I'm just, you know, walking about quietly and, and keeping my mouth shut as much yeah. as possible. It's a bit swings and roundabouts, isn't it? This podcast wouldn't exist, but also a lot of people would still be alive. So I've, I mean, I've tried to balance it in my head with those things taken into account and I'm still feeling fairly neutral. So I'll, I'll keep you updated as to how I'm going on. I'll check in with you over the yes. course of the show. Cheers, mate. <laughs> and um, yeah, keeping on the sports theme, we have one of the world's youngest ever international football managers. Now journalist, general philanthropist, any Just other descriptives that. am I missing? Just hanging around waiting for podcast invites, basically. That's that's my life these days. That's Paul Watson. He's the he's the only boy, so we'll bully him a little bit, I think. I just like to manage expectations up front. And <laughs> our third and final player, um, Sarah played the original game when it was comedy roulette and it manifested in her showing us her toilet. So um who knows what's gonna happen today? Sarah <laughs> I've absolutely no recollection of that. 
Um, God, it's been a long year. What was going on? You were having a toilet seat fitted and you felt the need to show me the shoddy job. There was a man who'd brought a new toilet seat. Yes, I remember that. But he arrived just as we started recording and I... And he'd done a, te- a terrible job, frankly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It did have um, to be seen to be believed. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was that was sort of real in the depths of that first lockdown where I thought it was appropriate to show some people on Zoom my new toilet seat. Um, I appreciated it. And um, when I say... I would like to say that my, uh, my opinion of exciting things this year has changed or uh, <laughs> developed or advanced, but to be honest, if there was a new toilet seat during this, I'd probably show you. And I do like to say about the game, you never know where it's going to go. I wasn't expecting it to quite go there. So <laughs> literally down the shitter. Uh, 100%. You demonstrated the flush. It was very special. Um, <laughs> so that's the bar you've got to meet. I didn't go to the toilet. pulling a face. I didn't use it. <laughs> that was sort of implied, though, the way she, the way she said <laughs> We didn't test the flush to its fullest extent. Like, no, what it was. We didn't. We didn't flush anything. We just. In fact, I don't even know why I tested the flush because <laughs> the toilet seat being changed doesn't impact the flush at all. It just I felt like the right thing to do at the time. I just uh, wanted to prove that it was a real toilet as opposed to a fake. In my head already, this has gone really Alan Partridge because I've got this image of you two. I know you weren't there, Vix, but even so, you two standing around a toilet and somebody flushing it and going, Look, one yank. That <laughs> does sound like the quality of gigs that yeah. have been booked for this year, doesn't it? It's true, like, yeah. In 2020, that would make BBC One primetime viewing. Like, that's the level we're at right now. Yeah. I'd say. Christmas Day viewing. Perhaps I should pitch it. <laughs> There's still time. There is still time. (laughs) If we make it right wing, if it's a right wing toilet. (laughs) Yeah. Has anyone got Lawrence Fox's number? We could give him a bell. I'm sure he'd be interested to get involved. I'd flush him down the toilet um, without hesitation. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Is there a toilet toilet big enough for that bigger shit? Um, We'll carry on with the game. Anyway, so I have my bingo ball full of topics here. So I'm going to draw at random. And then you guys are going to pitch in with anecdotes, songs, not interpretive dance because the listeners can't see it. I will enjoy it and I might give you points, but ultimately it's a poor experience for the the people at home. So, um, yeah, without further ado, let's go to ball number one, which is the worst thing you've ever won. I could start on this. Go for it. I think the worst thing that I've ever won, and it sounds like a brag, but it's not a brag. It's like a brag, but it's quite... Actually, the more you get into it, it's quite bleak. The worst thing I've, I've ever won is a uh, is celebrity coach trip 2019. <laughs> you have not, did you? Yeah, I won it last year. I, yeah. I tell you what, when no. this is over, I'm going to be downstairs on the on the side. <laughs> so fast! Oh wow, this is fantastic news. No, yeah, no. <laughs> and we and we won it. I won it with Francis Ball from Made in Chelsea, and we got the first red, no, the first like yellow card on the first day. So nobody liked us on the first day. Why is there a and card it, system on a coach? What's going on there? The premise of Celebrity Coach Trip is that you uh, you vote each other off at the end of the day, and uh, if you get if you get the most votes on one day, you get, you get a yellow card, and if you get the most votes on another day, you get a red card, and you're out. So we got the first yellow card of the entire trip on the first day of filming. What for? Uh, do you know, we just, do you know the behaviour that did it, or were you just like, <laughs> we 
we weren't uh we, we weren't uh, exciting enough we were we were too uh, sensible in fact one of the things that was that was said when people were explaining why they were voting for us was uh was that Fr francis had uh, taught uh, the girls who were in the band cleopatra coming at you uh, had taught them a new word uh, and they said, we don't come on holiday to learn new words. We come on holiday to party. <laughs> oh, my God. Those little bitches. So, so we were just, we weren't the right kind of people for them. Um, <laughs> but you, so, you romped yeah. to victory all the same. Oh, yeah. We stopped teaching them words and started partying. And um, won and round. Two weeks later, we were the, the crown, the champions of Celebrity Coach Trip 2019. That is legend status right there. Thank you very much. In, in my house, you are. And it, it was the most bizarre experience because I was so tired because we've been filming such long days. And the, and then the last vote, everyone says nice things about you, like nice reasons why they vote for you. And so I was so emotionally like just drained by the whole thing because we thought every single day, every time we did a vote, we thought we were going home. And I was like messaging home being like, I'll be home tomorrow. Um, and I, for some reason, we just managed to like cling on the whole time, and uh, and then when they were saying nice things, I cried, Aww. and I I said to on it, I was like, I actually can't believe I'm crying on celebrity coach trip right now. <laughs> so you were like moved, but also vaguely contemptuous of your own choices. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I can't believe I'm having any kind of emotional reaction to this situation. <laughs> so, what yeah, did you win? Nothing. I didn't win anything. Just the glory. <laughs> no, but there's no glory there, is there? Win the right not to do it again. Yeah, I, I guess unless they do like a championship, which I will not, not be partaking in. <laughs> a champion yeah. of champions, coach. Trip. <laughs> no. It's just a bigger coach. It's the thinking yeah. woman's taskmaster. Yeah, but the thing about coach trip is that it might be completely screwed. I mean, well, nobody can travel right now anyway, but it might be completely screwed over by Brexit. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But you could yeah. still get around on a coach, but to slightly less exciting places. Yeah, you could do a UK version, which would be so bleak. <laughs> it would be pretty grim. There are some pretty places in the UK. Anyway, what's the worst thing you've ever won? <laughs> See, the toilet's not looking bad now, is it? Does someone want to show yeah. us their toilet? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, before I show you my toilet, I'm going to give you the worst thing that I've ever won, which in, in this case is, is, isn't a great anecdote because I can't remember what it won it, what it for. But the worst thing that I ever won was an Umbro cake that I received directly from Umbro, who contacted me, the sportswear manufacturer, everyone. Yeah, um, I'm familiar with it. I know I'm a, a muggle, but I am familiar with brands that chappy children would wear in my school. Uh, <laughs> Don't judge my former places of uh, employment. Anyway. It's so... not Kappa. It's no Kappa, but it's... Uh... <laughs> She's brutal. Brutal. OK, so I was doing some work for Umbro and um, they said that uh, out of some pieces that I'd done, they wanted to give me a, a prize for it. And because I collect football boots and shirts, evidence. Um, for the listeners at home, she is sitting in a room full of shirts. I'm covered in them, everyone. Absolutely. And, in them. And she's like Scrooge McDuck, but it's not money. Can I just, um, can I just clarify the way you said shirts, Vix, right then was not massively far off shit. So let's just... <laughs> Yeah. Clarify, Kelly She's... is not sat in a room full of shit. Rolling right in shit. Now. You can only see the walls. But, <laughs> you know, down there's a different story. But, uh, but yeah, so I, um, they, they wrote to me and they said that they were going to send me something. And, of course, I was really excited because they're umbro, they're really big. If they were going to bother sending something to me, then it was obviously going to be something worth having. 
So I got all excited thinking I was going to get a shirt or maybe I was going to get a nice pair of football boots to stroke and, and all this business. And anyway, it arrived and it was in this square box. <laughs> We're just going to skate over that, are we? <laughs> yes, we are. This, we'll, we'll probably come back to it. Stroking. What, what do you do to the, the football boots? Stroke them? Yes. Yeah. Like a cat? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Like, just, have you not felt a pair of football boots? Not in that way. <laughs> not so not intimately, no. Um, there is the best there... you didn't send any to us in the end for the kitten <laughs> campaign, actually, now. <laughs> Thinking about it. They're going to children, you know. I mean... Well, I mean, you never know what's happened, do you? What people have been doing in their football shirts after a tournament win or something. I hope you gave them a rinse. <laughs> <laughs> Paul and Vicks are trying to do a good thing here. <laughs> I know, but the more I think about it, the more afraid. <laughs> yeah, I know what uh, football fans are like. <laughs> anyway, you had a cake um, from Umbro. Yeah, that that was it. And I opened it up, and you know, it was the most beautifully iced, decorated, wonderful cake anyone had ever sent me. But at the end of the day, it was a heavily iced cake with Umbro written on it, and it didn't taste very nice. Oh. Yeah, it was it's weird when you stroke a cake, isn't it? Well, I was expecting I was expecting a football boot to stroke, and I got a fairly mediocre quality cake. So, I, th- I think you can empathise with my disappointment. Oh, yeah, fuck you, Umbra. Yep, yours is looking pretty good now. Your win, Sarah. Yeah, I didn't get any cake. I won a fucking two week competition, and I didn't even get a cake. You got no, a free did, coach trip. Did you meet Brendan from Coach Trip? Was he on your? Yeah, trip? I spent two weeks with that man. He's a lad, isn't he? He's an absolute lad. <laughs> He's actually, he's a lovely, lovely man, but he's got so many sad stories. Oh, no. You sit down with him. I, I'd, I'd always be the first up in the morning. I'd go down for breakfast and he'd be there having his breakfast. I'd be like, hi, Brendan, how you doing? And like two minutes later, I'd be weeping. He'd be like, he'd be like, oh. the year was 1998. And suddenly I'm there crying into a coffee, six o'clock in the morning. Well, this but is comedy. This is comedy, Arcade, so we, we don't need to Absolute cover those dark great guy. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not going to get into them. <laughs> hold, hold it for tragedy, Arcade, yeah. I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's coming in 2021. <laughs> Paul, have you won anything rubbish? No, you see, I, my first instinct was I've never actually won anything, and I realised that oh. didn't sound great. But I was wrong, because I remember when I was 15, I had a part-time job in Sainsbury's and I was like a shelf stacker all that kind of stuff um and I won employee of the month but the reason why that was not the best thing to win because you know there's nothing wrong with that uh is that I also think I became the first person in the history of that Sainsbury's to win employee of the month and be fired on the same day <laughs> oh wow which which was because what it a fall from upset. grace <laughs> yeah well sort of the reason why I won the employee of the month was basically it was a very textbook employee of the month story. I was walking through Sainsbury's, um, saw an upset looking elderly woman. She had lost her wallet. I scoured the produce aisle. I had not stolen the wallet, just for that bit. <laughs> uh, I um, scoured the produce aisle, found the wallet, returned it to her. She made a huge, huge thing of it. I was incredibly mortified by it. She reported it to my manager, made a, like, really made something up. Um, and so being like 15 and you know, awkward world. I did not want this employee of the month in the first place. But what it alerted uh, Sainsbury's to was the fact that I was in Sainsbury's on a day I wasn't actually working. Um, you, and so they, what? Are you not allowed uh, to be there? No, Were you in uniform? What? what? That I was in there, but that I had come out of the staff area and walked past this this woman, and they're saying, "Well, why were you coming out of the staff area?" And I said, oh, 
made up some excuse. But what I'd actually been doing is I would clock in on my way to school and clock out on my way back from school. <laughs> so it looked like I had the bit. I had. I was on an eight-hour contract, but on that first month, I think I racked up something like ninety-four hours. Um, and so the system was obviously like you get overtime pay kicks in as soon as you get into overtime. So this was about three weeks into doing this, and I was getting towards the paycheck, and it would have been pretty mammoth because it just went through head office a friend of mine had told me this is something he had done for years he was like i did this for four years and i was like shit i gotta try this um but because you had to go too far (laughs) well no because i'd helped this woman they this my manager was like yeah but why were you in coming out the staff entrance you know you were what were you doing and i i was like well i didn't really have a good excuse i was like i left my bag they started checking the cctv and saw that i would routinely walk in in the morning and get out the back entrance did they make uh, you pay back the money that you were well, no, really I just paid? Because it was, this is the cruelty. It was days short of my paycheck. And so they obviously I just didn't pay it. But more than that, the manager called me in and said, um, I'll always remember this. He said, it's, a, it's about your uh, employee in a month, Paul. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking it's not some shitty Umbro cake. And I was like, you know. <laughs> and he said, um, Paul, I got to say, and this is the only time I've ever heard someone say this in this is real. We've had some Gert scammers in here over the years. <laughs> You're the greatest. <laughs> the greatest <I>, ever. <laughs> to this day, those words still ring in my ears, and I still, I still think about this guy quite a lot. I love, I love that at the start of the story, you were like, a woman had lost her wallet, and to clarify, I had not stolen her wallet. What I had been stealing instead <laughs> was time. Several hours of pay I was from my employer. You know, I was taking out the big corporations. I wouldn't steal from an old woman. <laughs> I was a man. Yeah, I'm Robin Hood of Sainsbury's, and uh, you... I went. Was it's probably stuck? Probably, I think there's a statute of limitations on this. But I hope so. Did mm. you get paid for the hours you actually bothered to work, or? Yeah, to be fair to them, I did. Yeah, I mean oh, that's more nice. than you deserved. Mm. Strikes me they've seen that kind of behaviour before the way that they dealt with it so efficiently and still oh, paid well, you, you say they've, had, they've had some Gert scammers. You can well, say that. You the most Gert, the greatest of Gert. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what Gert means. Big. Big time. Big, big uh, time <laughs> It's like one of those sort of um, local, like a Cockney rhyming site. So like, there's this idea that Bristolians say these words, but I, like, I've lived in Bristol for, like, you know, years, never heard anyone say the word Gert. Mm. And it's like, the first time I ever heard it was when I was being sacked. <laughs> but I did that element of home to bite my lip, just simply being addressed that way. I'd sort of bite my lip. And then I was thinking, well, the police outside or something you know what yeah, i know what what is the pre- they should have been uh, <laughs> oh, okay. oh i feel like i'm getting quite a bad rap here yeah. right? I feel- <laughs> well, let's talk about that lady's wallet again <laughs> were you for were you formally stripped of employee of the month <laughs> <laughs> i think i still went up on the wall <laughs> they're taking the photo and everything <laughs> i'm taking this <laughs> i thought it would add for them to have to explain why i didn't win it <laughs> Oh, well, that's an astonishing set of answers. I did not expect Paul to confess to a crime, but <laughs> here we are. Kelly, your cake is... Um... Poor. <laughs> it's, it wasn't the winner. It wasn't the winner. Right, ah. we're going to the balls again. Um, right, and we are on to your biggest waste of money. Paul once bought a cake for Kelly. He put Umbra on it. He was really excited. <laughs> <laughs> Spent okay. a lot of cash and he got it from Sainsbury's. 
Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick off on this one, if that's all right, because I think I've just given myself the idea for this one. I didn't originally have it, but my biggest waste of money is almost certainly the 30 or 40 pairs of football boots that I've got downstairs in my house. Just for stroking. Essentially just never for seen stroking. A foot. <laughs> uh, most of them have never seen a foot. <laughs> I am serious. I'm Do they spark serious. joy, though, Kelly? They make me so happy that I'm almost ashamed. Well, that's not a waste of money then. There we go. <laughs> Do you know how much an average pair of football boots costs in this economy? It's going to surprise you that I don't. <laughs> um, good, because I'm not going to tell you because I feel like you judge me. Paul can tell us. Oh. Yeah, but I, I won't through just sheer tactfulness. Uh, I mean, if you told me the brand and the make, I could probably tell you the cost. Yeah, this is again <laughs> why I'm. Yeah. Badly. I mean, this is, that's a completely different game, isn't it? Break Guess the game. cost yeah. of the football boot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a less marketable game, I would suggest. Um, At this point, who knows? Um, okay, so that's your play for biggest waste of money. Yeah. Who else has wasted money here? I mean, all of us. I'm. I'm I feel like I. I'm doing this. I feel like I wasted a significant amount of money this year buying a skateboard for my, uh, and I, uh, I really thought, you know, what, I'm going to ride that skateboard, and then it arrived, and I realised I can't ride a skateboard, and <laughs> I am an adult woman. So it wasn't pandemic and related I, that you can't well, ride it. You it just was. It was a panic buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, this is a thing I'd like to be able to, to whip around on a skateboard. And then I bought it and took it outside and was like, I have never felt more stupid in my life. Uh, and so now it just sits in my bedroom and I pretend it doesn't exist. Do you have <laughs> it flipped up, though, so you can see the artwork on it? And if anyone sort of comes yeah, yeah, yeah. the room, and they like, sort of think, oh. Yeah. She used yeah, skateboard. I, yeah, I'm bored. Yeah, I'm bored sometimes. <laughs> when in reality, I got so bored that I bought a skateboard that I cannot ride. I had a similar um, situation with roller skates, not blade skates, because mm. I watched Boogie Nights and I was like, yeah, that's me, Heather Graham. Sexy. No. No, nothing sexy about being black and blue, head to toe. Uh, <laughs> massive holes in me. <laughs> I did. How old were you when you did that? About the, you know, 35. Yeah. I, did. <laughs> do you think... I was like, was it this year? No, it was last year. I bought you... all the kit as well. Like the, the Oh wow. Armbands, the little the little shorts. I was ready to roll a derby. Except I have no sim... skills or coordination. Is this symptomatic of an oncoming midlife crisis? Because I did the same thing around the age of 35, but it was a pair of rollerblades. And I took them to the local park on my lunch break from my job at an office. And I thought, what I'll do is I'll just I'll just pop them on and I'll just go down the nice smooth parts. It can't be that hard. So anyway, I'm a grown woman. I'm 35. Yeah. I've got these rollerblades on and I travel about five yards, doubled up in the middle with my arms behind me. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I really had to carefully kind of ease my way onto the grass and sort of style it out, remove them and want. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, snowplow doesn't work on a rollerblade. No. It really doesn't. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking because I've got no coordination. Every time I find a sport that might be a nice outlet for my um, horrible aggression, I assume, <laughs> I assume I'll be good at immediately. Aggressive mix. Oh, I haven't got an outlet, Sarah. <laughs> are you horribly? I just, you seem always seem to be smiling. The, the idea that you're horribly aggressive is is a little bit frightening. I have my moments. Um, yeah, so hence, ice hockey, I thought could be my thing. Always very expensive. Always very humiliating to be wrong. But I expect to yeah, be yeah, good yeah. at things. 
in 36 years I've not learned so I will approach a new sport with all the confidence of like this is it this is the magic thing this is how I'm going to be famous this is my Olympic bid and breakdancing is in the Olympics now so I think a sport could uh, be finally it's your I time could, yeah I mean yeah. it's not breakdancing either I did do some <laughs> I did one street dance session I shall repeat it there's nothing quite as cruel as a fully mirrored room <laughs> mm. Looking myself, looking myself in the eye doing that. <laughs> Dressed in a leotard. Straight out, straight into the sea. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's the the British thing, right? Is that the Olympics presents this opportunity that you've just got to be the best in Britain at something. Yeah. You haven't got the Olympic quality. Like, I remember this in 2012. I knew some people who wanted to get in like the handball team because there was no handball team. Yeah. So they thought, well, how hard can it be? And then it turned out actually really hard. Yeah, but, um, quite challenging. Yeah, they, I think they just got a load of basketball players, didn't they? They like retrained a load of people in different sports, like uh, Team GB to retrain all the basketball, like missing out on the basketball team players into being handball players, and they were just like wow. quite good. But um, I did have mates who genuinely thought they were going to get into like the great British team at sports we just don't do. <laughs> Absolutely no idea what handball is. No no idea. <laughs> is it fairly self-explanatory? <laughs> exact same rules as football, but you slap it with your hand instead. It's not sort of, it's yeah. that you throw it. But basically, it's like why it's why I find it though, like a pretty underwhelming sport is it's like someone throwing a ball like over arm into a goal, and there's a goalkeeper who basically just has to stand there, and someone just goes up to them about a yard away and goes, Well, oh, you didn't save it. <laughs> so, everything's, from my experience, everything's a goal. Maybe I haven't watched the most handball, but like, of course, you can't save it. It's just, uh, yeah, someone's just, lobbing it at you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's not the sexiest yeah, the of sports, is it? No. But no. it probably still would have been enough to get on a cereal box back in 2012 when we were mad for any Olympian. Literally yeah, anyone would do. In 2012, we'd have cheered on someone to like licking enough stamps to stick them onto envelopes. You know, <laughs> we were hey, I would watch that. Give them yeah. a post box. Everyone was like the expert on like pole vault for, for like one day. And, like everyone in the pub would be saying, oh, I don't know why, why she planted the pole there. That's poor placement. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck do you know? <laughs> I read loads and loads of Jilly Cooper. I say read like I don't still read them. Um, I <laughs> read Jilly Cooper and that was my time to shine because there's a lot of equestrian business in there. And then oh, that was my day in the sun. It's like, how do you know all this? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> who who are you talking to? Because, I mean, I've read a couple of Jilly Cooper in my youth and, and there isn't, I mean, you're at the horse riding, but you're not necessarily having much to do with the actual horse riding in my memory. Well, you're, well, you're reading it for the sex bits then, Kelly. I read well, it for I was the about horses. 12, so <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what Jilly Cooper is either. I feel like I'm learning a lot. Don't um, worry about it. Just, very... just sex, sex and horses, is it? Yeah. Yeah, Julie Cooper and Jackie Collins. Hopefully not at the same time. (laughs) They were the books you read as a teenager to learn about sex that your mum would have. Oh, I see. It was exclusively those two. One very British posh woman, one very American posh woman. So (laughs) very different books, but very similar theme. Essentially, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was a subgenre of mum's books that were like the Virginia Andrews ones that were literally just about incest. Yeah, you... I moved on to those. Christ. Yeah, oh, yeah. What? They were I your mean, choices. <laughs> the, the four, and they were all about 
two inches thick, weren't they? Yeah. Do you remember? And I used to hide in my grand shed. So my over overabiding memory of, of reading this filth is the smell of wood and um, <laughs> ant powder, because that's what she used to keep in the shed. So I'm probably high as a kite on ant powder reading all these. Every things. time you smell ant powder, now you get turned on. <laughs> Boys were being shown nude magazines. Girls. <laughs> reading weird books the good old days right crouching down inhaling amp powder reading yeah. about incest see That's people good... say the good old days don't they like oh the internet's so bad <laughs> like we weren't doing well before the internet oh. <laughs> it wasn't great <laughs> if anything there's more choice <laughs> finding porn in hedges <laughs> life found a way though didn't it it <laughs> It's quite inspiring, isn't it? I think so. Uh, what's the biggest waste of money you've ever had, Paul? Uh, it's um, basically at when I was living at, I, was, I must have been at university, I guess, I was living with a guy who one day, it was in the early days of online gambling, came back home and was like, mate, I'm going to make us both rich. He made us invest, we put all our money, which was about 10 quid, into this uh, gambling site. And he said, and, and you know, now I know, stupid, but at the time he said, look, I've got this system. You go on a roulette table, you put a quid on, on red or black. If you lose, you put two quid on, because obviously then if you win, you win more. Then four, then eight. You keep doubling until eventually you win, and then you go back to zero. And I was like, well, what could be easier? You know, this is this is going to make our living. So he did it for a few hours and actually made about 250 quid out of it. So I was like, bloody hell, this is, you know, this is, this is just guaranteed money here. Why so I go in, put a quid on red, lose, put two quid on red, lose, put four quid on red, lose, uh, eight quid on red, lose, 16 quid on red, lose, 32 quid, 64, can't afford that, that's the end of me. So I spent 32 quid in about, I guess in about four minutes, I spent 32 quid on a pretend roulette wheel, realised that I didn't actually have any more money or couldn't afford to lose 30, 64 quid uh, and stopped. And so I, I'd say I got less fun out of that than I would have got out of pretty much anything else I could have done with 32 quid. And also had that feeling of having been out sort of outwitted. And my mate, worst of all, my mate made, I think he ended up making three or 400 quid and then just called it quits and just had three or 400 quid. Imagine just walking away from that. Quid. Yeah. And when you're a student, 400 quid is... Remember 400 quid? What do you mean when you're a student? And we spin the comedy wheel. <laughs> right, and we're on to irrational dislikes. Uh, can I can I do this because I it's more of like a petty hate but I guess it's the same thing right yeah. it makes me really angry and to the point where I think this isn't healthy now basically it's when on tv shows people have a drink and they do a shit job of convincing me they have a drink in their hands it makes me <laughs> so angry so like this you'll see again and again you see this on some of the best shows on tv that two people come in with like cold and they'll just be waggling them around you're thinking have you you, what gets me about it is it shouldn't matter but and it started off as a joke I used to make this joke to my wife I was like oh well never had a cup of coffee that I could do that with and then it started to really bug me the more I noticed it I was like for fuck's sake you know how am I supposed to believe in a scene if you're there and I don't believe you've even got a cup of coffee in your hands and now I can't watch a single program on tv without looking at how someone's holding a cup or, to, or holding a drink and thinking there's no drinking that it's been a no long drink. year hasn't it that no, is I, irrational. It, 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 because I can watch brilliant moving dramas 
And all I really am looking at is the cup happening. <laughs> it's so frustrating I, when it's a cinema and you can't tell someone immediately about it, so you just have to brew it. It, it boils up in me. And, I, and I, I, I even considered approaching a sort of Netflix, and it was only half in joke, in jest, like approaching a sort of Netflix and saying, I'm a consultant, I'll come in. I won't do anything but the cup work with these guys. <laughs> like, I focus solely on cup work. <laughs> and you're laughing in a way that makes me think this wasn't a good idea. <laughs> Would you have a credit on the? Would, would you be on the credit cup work? Choreographer, coffee cup coordinator, choreographer. Do you yeah. miss? Exactly. Do you miss football coaching, Paul? Is this how far we've come? Yeah. Um, I'm picturing you like watching a movie, and like you, maybe your wife's already seen it, and she's like, "Oh, Paul, cover your eyes for this bit. You're not going to like it." <laughs> and you're there, like you're like, "Oh, is it? Is the scene? Tra- is, it, is it gone?" And she's like, "Yeah, you're fine now." Yeah. <laughs> Walking into a cafe, they've left. Breaks. They've left the cafe. Yeah, it's got to, yeah. No, it seriously got to that point. I, I'm not proud of it. I no. know she. She's suffering as a result of it. I'm not able to enjoy some of the best TV of our generation simply because these actors are wielding cups like they're toy things. Um, no, it kills me. It kills me. Um, so, yeah, it's irrational. The uh, only victim in that is you, Paul. Yeah, well... And his true. wife, to it. Oh, yeah, but, of course. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people get this in a more serious sense, like when you work in an industry, right, and you... Like people who write film scripts, then when you watch a film, or like people who are comedians, probably when you watch comedy and you know too much. We don't so watch comedy. Really... Oh, that's, <laughs> that's why. The reason we don't watch comedy is because we know too much. <laughs> right. So maybe I know too much about drinking liquids, you know, it's just it's that same sort of thing. That's right? a weird connection you've made. Oh, <laughs> do you consider yourself a, a top flight professional drinker, do you? I just I feel offended that you think that my like was uh, nearly six years of comedy experience is the same as you having a drink. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I don't think you know how many hours. You, you, your ability to sip a coffee is the same as mine. Crafting jokes over the years. He's I'm pretty good at it. Standing on the sidelines in a luminous tabard, going tilt, yeah. tilt. <laughs> But the whole thing is they're not drinking coffee. That's the whole point. The, the, the whole game is that they're not drinking. I get they're not drinking it. That would be impractical. But you've got to convince me you are. That's what gets me. <laughs> that is yeah. absolutely peak on a rational dislike. Yeah. <laughs> and anyone better it. I, I have, it's not an irrational dislike, but it's an irrational fear. Um, I don't like it when... And I discovered this. I, I knew I always didn't like it, but I discovered it earlier in the year. Um I don't like it, and you're all going to do it, I think. I don't like it when people open their mouths too wide. Okay. We'll hear more. It scares It freaks me out. I don't know why. You know, in horror films, and I don't watch horror films because it scares me. You know, horror films, there's always, there's, they do that thing where like, whatever creature it is, or whatever weird, spooky thing, turns up and it's got its mouth hanging open proper wide and its eyes there. And I don't like it when people do it now. And I, I just I've, I realized it, and now that whenever I tell people, they just all they want to do is open their mouth real wide and stare at me, and I, I it really fucking creeps me out. I actually I've, I've kind of got the opposite. I'm really worried about how wide <laughs> I'm open. Yeah, you try to keep it closed. Yeah, yeah. Really but do you want me to show you? I'll do it for you. Okay. I'm to show you scared. What I don't like, and then we'll all pretend to yeah. drink something, and it's okay. <laughs> I'll show you what it is. I mean, this is not good for podcasting, but no. I, I'll just see what you you guys, your reaction is. So like like this. Freaks me out. 
I don't like it. I kind I don't of like it. irrationally <laughs> half expected you then. You're like head to tip back. backwards to just come off. <laughs> that would be such a twist. It's horrible. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Imagine how I think... the podcast would go if your head yeah. just came off. <laughs> It would definitely, I definitely get more listeners. It'd be a bad day for me, though, wouldn't it? Unless you could pop it back into place, like Sheree yeah, Blair, just true, yeah. pop it back mm. on like a bin lid. Um, like a bin again, lid. Like, how bad a thing can you have and still get material out of it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if that is more or less irrational than um, than Paul's coffee cup thing, but it's, it's um, that's it's a photo finish, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I would say this because mine I have a physical reaction to mine, but I think Paul's is more irrational than mine. I think Paul has a physical reaction to his as well. To be honest, exactly. I'm not proud of mine at I'm, all. No, I don't. I feel like Paul is is more likely to turn into Michael Douglas and go full falling down with mm. his irrational dislike, whereas yeah. Sarah, I feel like this is hurting mostly you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't feel like that we're in danger here i think we are it's a lot of fun for other people yeah i'm i'm more scared of vix actually because of this like irrational this saying you're a very angry person i can i have moments yeah i'm flash fires of tantrum um but it's it's scary when it's somebody that's a lot yeah they burn off quickly but they are but you're such a sort of um like happy go lucky person that it scares me to think that you because that's when it's real it's really quite psychotic isn't it (laughs) i'm a pr person as well (laughs) Someone once yeah. said that to me. I spoke to somebody really politely and they came where I was like, that person's a knob. And she's like, but I didn't know. How will I know if you think I'm a knob? And I just stare back at her like, <laughs> mm. you never will know, will you? Um... Have you got any other social media that we should know about? Like, have you got alternative social media addresses where you allow all of this to come out? And you're no. just loving yeah. That we know. I'm still just I'm getting a, my sport. <laughs> I'm getting abusively trolled, and they do actually type a little bit like you type. So. Oh wow! Next <laughs> to sending me sending me nice messages on one profile and horrible yeah. messages on the other. Oh, are people yeah. actually doing that? No, no, I'm fine. I was going to say, do, what, just, no. see, this is where the aggression comes out. <laughs> Who is it? She's, she's yeah. there. I love them. I'm all good. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very scrappy do energy. Um, <laughs> Right, we're into our last category, and I'm quite sad about it because I'm having a nice time. And that is the first time I've said this in about 14 records, so um, it's big, big praise. Oh God! <laughs> I'm going to edit it out so no one else knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. And the last one is, and um, it's fairly related actually. Most competitive moment was it on Celebrity Coach Trip? <laughs> no, I wanted to. Look, I wanted to go every day. I had no <laughs> desire to win that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a very competitive person to be honest but I, I at no point was I like desperate to win celebrity coach trip which I think is, is actually how I ended up winning oh she's hipster about I, the win yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> didn't even want I, it. I was winning before winning was cool like <laughs> I, I always things. win things that I don't want to win <laughs> like what I uh I won um well, it was, it was a joint win, but the audience vote, I, I won. I did a musical with, um, I don't know if you know it, uh, with oh, Kiri yeah. Pritchard-McLean oh. and Jade Adams. And I did it at MacFest two, two years ago. Oh, no, it was just last year. And I sang uh, Fernando by Mamma Mia. Uh, Paul, you're looking confused. A musical, it's comedians singing songs from musicals. Just oh, okay. Movie. No, no. Yeah, got it. Got um, it. Sorry, yeah. And you have to, like, go for it and you get a costume and stuff. But, like, it's meant to be that you're not very good at, like, 
The Venn diagram of comedians that like musicals is a circle. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not even that into musicals, but Jade asked me to do it, and I thought I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And I sang <laughs> Fernanda, but I was I was up against Phil Wang, who has the I, literal voice of an angel. No way! He's, I wouldn't have called that about him. And he's, he used to be a choir boy and he sang Maria from West Side Story and it was hauntingly beautiful and people were crying and I was fucking fuming. <laughs> I, was stood, I was stood at the back of the room wearing my ABBA costume and my wig and I was like, this fucking dick. I didn't. I was like, we're supposed to be shit. We're meant to be shit. That's the whole thing. And I was so annoyed that I went on stage pissed off and I'd overcompensated with props and I had a confetti cannon and beach balls and things <laughs> that's exactly um, how I would play it it's and I made everybody get their torches on their phone for when I was doing Fernando and um and then at the end because you if you win you have to come on and do a different song and at the end uh they asked us to say like you have to appeal to the audience to get you to win and I went I actually have absolutely no interest in coming back and singing my next song <laughs> Uh, well that, I think... that's enough to secure my vote yeah <laughs> so the entire room were like we're bringing her back um what was it because i did uh i just can't wait to be king uh for the lion king and um but because phil was so good and his second song was feed the birds um from mary poppins, mary poppins. Yeah. yeah um and he he had not used props and costumes for his first song, but had props and costumes for his second song, which I think is quite an arrogant So move. he really wanted um, it. Yeah, he thought he, he had it in the bag. Then told them that he had high production values for his second song, so he ended up doing his second song as well. Oh, so he wanted it so bad that he tried that to he'd, knock yeah. you off your worthy which I was, I which was so willing with, to be knocked. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to be knocked, but then I, did have to, I had to come on and do an encore, and then he did an encore as well. I would have preferred your set to his set. Thank you. It's all a bit well, you know, no disrespect to Wang. He's a wonderful singer and he's a very talented man. And it was great to see him do Feed the Birds. He did Doesn't a swing feel like version of it as well. In the spirit of things, though, you're meant to be shit. I want people yeah, to be shit. That's, I was fuming that he was talented because <laughs> I, was, I was really not. Um, <laughs> And I, had I known, in fact, Jade came back to me and said, "We're going to do another. Uh, we're doing like a big a musical thing. Would you like to do it?" And I said, "I would rather die." Um, so when's it on? It's a faux pas, right? Because <laughs> that thing where you go to karaoke with people and everyone's saying, "Oh, I'm shit at it too. I hate these kind of things. Don't worry." And the first person gets up and gives like a, a flawless rendition of like mm -hmm. this song. And you think, oh, you well, that's yeah. like, we have no, different interpretations of shit, don't we? Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm shit in that I got sort of released from my record contract. And it's very <laughs> <early>. <laughs> oh, I could only represent Norway in the year of... <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else got an advance on um, Sarah's begrudging win? I mean, that was that's my least competitive moment. I don't, I don't really get competitive, so... That's, uh... see, I, see, I don't get competitive either. And now, I think my moment that comes to mind is another... It paints me incredibly poorly again is that um, I, I briefly lived in Micronesia, um, like on a very, very small island with very few people on it. And in that, in that, on that island, there's a bar, there's one bar, and it had a pool table in it. And I was completely average at pool. Like, I'm, I'm not good, I'm not bad. But by the standards of the island, weirdly, I was, I was very good. And I used to basically win every time I played pool, but not because I was very good, just because 
seemed nobody was very very good at all. And then one day, um, this guy came up to me in the bar while I was sort of hacking the balls around, beating someone else, and said, "My son plays pool. He 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 he's the best on the island. Like he's seven and he's amazing. Uh, could you come and play a frame with him? Like it would mean a lot to him. It would mean a lot to everyone." It's like, oh shit, you know. Obviously, this reputation gets around very fast on a small island. So I had this reputation of being really, really good at pool, which, which I'm not. And so I was in a bit of a strange situation. So I, I agreed because I'd look like a dick if I didn't. <laughs> and in the middle of the jungle, sort of nothing for anywhere, like around anywhere around, there's this pool table in this guy's sort of outside this guy's house. Um, and this kid's there. And it's obviously like all the neighborhood have gathered around to watch. And it's almost like it's like a sort of fight from Rocky or something. They're all cheering this kid on in seven. <laughs> What am I going to do? I'm not a monster, so I let him win. He I mean, through the game, I didn't have to Is do that much. What you want us to believe? <laughs> you <laughs> lost to the seven-year-old. Well, no, because of what happens next, I think you probably will believe it. So I, I, I threw it in that I kind of made a shit break. Um, he potted one or two, and then I just played a couple of shit shots, and he cleared up. And I was like, okay, he's very good, you know, for a kid. Um, and then they were like, another one, another one. So I was like, okay, I let him win again. And then, then they were going, another one. I was like, we in here for the whole night. But again, I let him win because I was like, he's a kid seven. It obviously meant a lot to him. He was beaming, everyone was cheering. I was like, but then it turned, like the mood just turned a little bit. And a few people were just sort of implying, well, this guy's really shit, isn't he? At pool, like this English guy who says he's really good. God, he's terrible. And they were like starting to, it started to take an edge of like, fucking hell, look at this clown. So the next frame, I wiped the fucker out. <laughs> He broke, and I, I cleaned the entire table. Not that I'm that good. It was a bad break, but I just pulled the table up. But I was, it was a sort of fist pump at the end of the frame sort of moment. And then you turned around and Noah was fist pumping with you. No, <laughs> this is like, this is like Boris Johnson tackling a child energy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that child hadn't scored four unopposed victories on it. I was politely and sort of jovially congratulated him and said, oh, you're so good. But no, I just... And then, yeah, sure enough, I turned around and everyone looked at me as if, you monster. It was lose, lose. Yeah, it was lose. I should never have turned up. It was an ambush. <laughs> well, if you yeah. will go and live in a tiny island, Marknesia. <laughs> the fact that I got the reputation as being the best at something for being completely average at it. I like mean, I was, Sarah doesn't know what you were doing there either. So how we didn't cover that as a competitive moment, I don't know. Well, I was probably more competitive about this than I was coaching a football team. Like it was, it was that one moment where something had just snapped, and I was like, you know, I'm nine thousand miles from home. Everyone's laughing at me. The few words I can understand are really not complimentary. Mm. Oh, I cannot let this happen. And I'm going to take what? it out on a seven-year-old. Yeah. No, I was thinking. To be fair, I was thinking of his development too. You know, I was thinking. You know, yeah. he was already the best, Paul. What could he learn? Where's Where's he got to go? Well, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, what if Ronnie O'Sullivan, what if everyone had just rolled over and let him win? Really? Not everybody's prepared to move to a tiny island just to say that they're a football manager of thousands of miles away. <laughs> what did you do after? That is literally what you did, Sarah. <laughs> literally yeah, after the hour. moment had happened, did you like face... All That's when he moved off? home. Yeah, and then he, he snapped <laughs> the cue on your knee and then go, come on! No, yeah. Well, the thing is, I'm, I'm such a placid, sort of shy person that it felt like I did to me in that I definitely, I do remember doing a bit of this, like fist pump, and I never do anything like that. 
And then just remember looking around the table and just thinking, God, what, what are you? Out of body experience. <laughs> the, the child so, is crying, the parents are well, that, weeping. The worst bit is, what did I have to do after that? I had to play him again and let him win again because I couldn't leave on that note. So and now I, everyone you're... knows that you're letting him win. Yeah. No, Because they've seen God. what you can do. So, I mean, By his own admission, to... it was a bad break, though. It could have been luck. Maybe yeah. it was luck. <laughs> you never played him for real. You don't know. Maybe he was better than you. It He's got a picture of you on his bedroom wall and he throws darts at it. <laughs> and well, maybe boys. I inspired him, you know, <laughs> in a way. Oh, it's awful. It's, it's still, you know. You are his nemesis. Yeah. Well, I feel a bit grubbier after hearing that. I don't know about yeah. tormenting a child <laughs> yeah. in, a in a forest. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Um, I didn't think we could, yeah, get any lower, but here we are. Uh, Kelly, have you got anything to contribute there? Well, I mean, the only as everyone else has said, I'm not massively competitive. I tend to be sort of quite, quite quiet and unassuming. But we went to Iceland once, me, and don't look at me like that. <laughs> we went to Iceland once and we booked onto this, um, you could pay a bit of money and they could take you on like a, this truck to go snowmobiling. And, and there was a seven-year-old who apparently was the best at snowmobiling. Just give me time and I'll get to it. <laughs> He's dead now. So, <laughs> we, get, we get on this big army truck and we go to like the interior of Iceland. Like you, it's something you'd see on one of those programmes where celebrities go. and Loads of freezers, them. prawn rings. Uh, all that sort of thing. Caricatona. Like, <laughs> this crispy pancakes <laughs> over the shop. So we get there and we get to this place. It's like a little hut and you have to go in and put your snowmobile suit on and everything. And nobody on this trip had ever done this before. So I thought we'd get like a little coaching session before we started. No. So we get given a snowmobile, like these full size, massive honking snowmobiles. And uh, we're all lined up on them. He said, right, I want you all to drive over to that line over there. And there's a guy over sort of about I don't know maybe half a mile you could just see them so I'm revving up me my thing and I'm having a bit of a panic attack and I'm just sort of thinking god this is awful and I get going and I'm doing me, me standard 15 miles an hour just thinking stay safe stay safe and then all these people start to pull away from me and I start to get a bit edgy because like, I don't want to get left behind so I start ramping it up and before I know it, I'm doing 70 kilometers an hour on this snowmobile <laughs> I've lost control completely <laughs> I go straight past the bloke on the line. <laughs> end up, end up like managing. <laughs> I do bring it to a halt, but I have to. It wasn't like the kind of halt the manufacturer advised. <laughs> and then I couldn't get it to start again, so one of the people had to come and get me on this. Oh my god! <laughs> and all the people were just standing there looking at me like, well. You're silly, aren't you? We were told not to do that. And there's me, and I'm shaking like this in my skin. And I'm just, so hyped, just sort of going, And a little part of you is like, yeah, but I did win. Did you see me doing 70? Yeah. yeah. No, you yeah, didn't, because yeah. I was too fast. Because um... I was not. <laughs> I've never been so embarrassed in my life. Oh, no. on, on my last holiday, I um, told people that I could scuba, and um, that wasn't true. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just it's not like, a thing to lie about is it no no in the moment firstly it started off quite badly with jump off the side of the boat and i was like you fucking what mate 
you're not gonna lower me in on some kind of winch i mean that's how i normally do it um so yeah, i didn't want to do that at all but by for shame because i felt embarrassed i, I managed to get off the boat but i um somehow managed to maroon myself on a coral <laughs> reef and <laughs> i got i got spiked on the ass by coral and it was caught in my swimsuit so i couldn't get oh away God. and i was i was in a panic trying to kick away and apparently this coral is like priceless so <laughs> the instructor was like screaming at me everyone's laughing <laughs> And then I went back to the boat. Um, I'm on holiday yeah. with you next year, please. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. I was out of the water. I was flapping around. Wherever, the, wherever the pair of you go, whether it's snowy or whether it's hot, you'll have a fucking chaotic time, won't you? It's going to be great. It's going to be on telly. I think wow. there was a talk about me being fined. <laughs> that would have been the, the biggest waste of money that you've ever area of outstanding natural beauty that yeah. I was kicking the shit out of the um, yeah, wonder of the world over there that you're wrong yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to get back to the boat yeah. <laughs> and then the instructor tried to help me and I was like I'm fine I clearly wasn't yeah. you're like my problem is I've scuba too much now <laughs> It's you that's doing it wrong. This is not how they do it where I come from. But is yeah, it, is it politically inappropriate to shout "shark" in a in in a moment like that, just like as a distraction technique, so you can try and get off the? Well, if you shouted at me while I was marooned on the coral, it would it would have done nothing to stop me kicking it. <laughs> oh dear, that was a that is brilliant, horrible. <laughs> Harrowing situation. I was so embarrassed. I was just above the water as well. It wasn't flattering. There was no discretion. <laughs> oh, terrible. Terrible scenes. Uh, we can't end on that, but we're going to have to. Yeah, <laughs> I think we must. The, the image of We should. <laughs> beached on a coral reef. It's very, very clear in my head. I can't lie. Oh, yeah. yeah it's exactly how you think. <laughs> Where can we find you all? Um, Kelly, where can we find you these days? Uh, you can find me in and around uh, Amanda Palmer's social media at Amanda Palmer. And you can find me talking about football and all sorts of other rubbish at Kelly underscore Wells on Twitter. Amazing. And Paul, what are you doing with your life? Uh, <laughs> not not you as well. God, everyone's asking that. Um... <laughs> It's like a sort of manifestation of my internal voice there. This wasn't eight. meant to be a stumper. <laughs> I'm uh, the most basic at, admin of the game. <laughs> at Paul underscore C underscore Watson. Brilliant. <laughs> and Sarah, what are you doing? It's January now in listeners' time. Okay. God, I, I have no fucking clue what I'm doing in January. Um, I, uh, You can find me on Twitter at Sarah K Comedy or Sarah underscore Keyworth on Instagram. And I have a radio show on uh, BBC Radio 4 that you can listen. It came out in December. So but you can listen back to it on BBC Sounds. And it's called Are You a Boy or a Girl? And Celebrity Coach Trip. And Celebrity Coach Trip. I think I'm so going to watch up. that now. I'm, I'm off <laughs> yeah. to watch it now. <laughs> Um, cool. well, it, it was quite a close race actually on the scores so enjoyed second place um sarah and kelly but paul for your absolute roasting of that completely understandable it's a yeah. hollow victory and you have to live with what you've done but uh, all we can do is 
all I can do is pray that he doesn't watch it or <laughs> listen to it or Sainsbury's don't listen to it either, basically. Um, Based on my I'll... listener figures, I would suggest that scenario is unlikely, but uh, <laughs> this could take a turn. We haven't got anything to do now. Podcast could become. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Comedy Arcade. There'll be a new episode next Thursday with new balls and new guests. If you liked it, like us any way you can and subscribe and tell all your friends. Also, tell us. We're in all the usual places on all the social media. And if you didn't like us, we've been Rich Wilson's Insane in the Membrane. We can talk about our feelings because we're a cool guy. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.